Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. If you love horror, you found the right podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jared. We have down here, South Jersey Jason. How are you doing the this South week? Jersey, Jason. Yes, I'm doing good. The South Jersey. <laughs> doing good. It is the day before Friday, which is going to be Memorial Day weekend. I'm looking forward to that nice three-day weekend. And the wife's going away again. So you know me when the wife goes away. I do things around the house. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you do. Got some power washing lined up, and then Sunday I'm going to take off and uh, meet up with Dave Brown in Blairstown. He's going to be fishing, so I'm going to meet up with him and watch him fish and just bring my chair and relax in the shade. There you go. Hopefully you yeah. get some trouts. Yeah, yeah, he did good uh, two weeks ago when I saw him. Him and his daughter had a really good time, and they were biting really good. Very nice. So, so have you watched anything new? Well, I finished um, Waco. Very good. And I wanted more, like you said. Yep, definitely wanted more out of that. At least one yeah. more episode. Yeah, horror related. Not this weekend. No, um, I did have a Clerks marathon and watch Clerks one through three. <gasps> so, <laughs> um. But tonight, I believe it's streaming, so I'm going to watch The Pope's Exorcist. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Although I did put on as background music when I was going to bed last night, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Always like that one. It's a it's a favorite of mine. I, that was the first Halloween I saw in the theater. Okay. So, and I was on a date, too. So uh, you always got to remember those. <laughs> yeah of course what about you anything new uh hard no i watched the whitney houston netflix movie that was pretty good did she die at the end uh yeah but they didn't show it they should really show it really hmm. you weren't real you know did that did that come in the theaters was that in the theaters i think it was okay uh right. I, mean, I finished up the office extra edition episode so now i'm pissed because they don't have all of them, but they yeah. add the deleted scenes to it, so it makes it like ten minutes longer each episode. Right. So that was a lot of fun to watch because we go, like, oh, "That's oh. new, that's new, that's new." Yeah, I have never seen one episode of The Office, man. You're, but I'll put it on my list. Like you know, I never saw Seinfeld, but I binged it in like three weeks over the summer. They're very I, you know, similar. I, okay, I did watch Ant Man Part Three. Yes, me what? too. I, now I'm a big marvel all-around comic book guy i love watching any comic book movies i know dc has failed us when it comes to movies except for like i do like man of steel i do like the batman versus superman director's cut ant-man was a snooze fest it was it, it was, was like so watching boring. a star wars movie you know what i mean like because yeah. of the quantum mania i like every, yeah and the yeah. ships and, and everything I mean, yeah i just i I mean, the only good part I enjoyed was the beginning and the end when he does like his monologue. Yeah, that was funny. And I like how it did tie in to where we had the two post-credit scenes. It tied into the future Marvel movies and then also tied into the Loki series, which was cool. But other than that, oh my God. I know, that could have been a lot better. It's the first, I mean, I really liked the first one. Second one was okay. I do have to say, though... um, the guy, the guy, the guy that played what was the name Darren, who played Moloch. Yes, that that was funny. It was, that was funny. funny. 
it was a little weird, but it was funny. Uh, yeah, and creepy too, you know. But his head was when, huge at, at, at the end when he's just like. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, yeah, snooze fest. But uh, and there's really no Marvel movies I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to Guardians. I can't wait to see. Oh that. well, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about ones that are. I mean, Guardians is already out, but future no no nothing for me seven you know i mean i really want blade but i'll probably be like 50 by the time that comes out yeah really yeah really yeah and that's about it horror wise and i really haven't seen any i haven't really been looking to the news too much although did you see the set photos from beetlejuice too i uh the one of uh lydia Ryder. yeah yeah at first i'm like Oh, it's fake, but I'm like, oh no, it's not. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited for that. It's got a, they really lined up a really good cast for that. Yeah, the Robert England movie has a release date. When did you give me the date or? No, nah, I the... just sent you the link. I didn't even read it yet. I just okay. know it's coming, and it's a good cast, so I'm kind of excited. Yeah, for sure. For I have sure. no idea what it's about. Don't care. <laughs> hey, and then also in good news, our filming location. We reached that thousand milestone, but I think we're at eleven 1, hundred now. Right? Eleven 1, hundred now, yeah. In a day, we went another hundred. It's crazy. That's good. That's good. Um, that's to me that now. Do we get ads with that if it hits over a thousand? No, we have to reach a thousand subs before we can run ads on YouTube. Oh, bastards! Come on, we're subscribe, getting there. Subscribe. We got yeah. like seven this week, so it was pretty good. Right, that's really good. One popped on today. I really wish they would tell us because then we yeah. can like shout it out and everything. But yeah, I would. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're a new subscriber, like send us a comment so we can give you a shout out on our podcast because we want to, you know, we would like to interact. You know, um, we're not too big on the social media aspect of it, but you know, Jared and I do check out the comments on our YouTube channel page. So, um, and if you have any ideas of what you want us to talk about. We're always up for new stuff. Yeah. Um, I there's anything else. I can't think, man. I'm like brain dead tonight. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm uh, not prepared in my notes. But uh, nah, that's fine. There wasn't yeah. that much popping up. No, I mean well, they yeah. they had the chainsaw awards, but well, we didn't share 17 posts from that page on that the day after. Yeah, I yelled at you, you know. for that. But I was what like, are, what are the chainsaw? Re- I mean, really? Nothing. Like, they're nothing. It's, it's Fangoria. No. Good job, guys. But, yeah, you know, I mean, come on. And it's all like the newer stuff. And they watch. gave Jordan Peele the director of the year for, for, nope. for nope. Yeah. What? Uh, I, I, yeah, same thing. I saw that and I'm like, how, did, how does Damien Leone not get that instantly? I think fucking Terrifier 2 did more money than Nope. Yeah, and especially on the budget, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he should got he should got director of the year just for how well the marketing and how well he did on his like 250000 budget and made millions of dollars. Yeah. But, huh. you know, I think I know the reason they gave it to him, because if they didn't do it, then there'd be backlash, you know. Like the Oscars. Now... I did see something about this, but I didn't read it because I don't really give a fuck about the Oscars anymore. I think I talked to you about this, or maybe it was Dave Brown when we were recording, but Richard Dreyfuss, who is a... If he was any more left, he'd fall off a cliff. Okay? Um, He's a big Democrat, which teaches him. I got turned off from him when he used his time at Monster Mania to express his hatred for the then-president... We're not there for your political. We're there to give you money to talk about Jaws and yeah. 
uh, close encounters, but he did speak up, which I do agree that there's new um, requirements if you want to be like nominated for best picture or uh-huh. something. Yeah. And why are we catering it? It shouldn't go because it shouldn't go to, you know, and people can at me if they want. The best picture should go to the, the best, best fucking movie. It shouldn't be about who is on the movie be- in front and behind based on your your creed or your your yep. race or or whatever. No, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. completely agree. Yeah, best person for the role. Yeah, because uh, I mean, there could be this up and coming actor who did a phenomenal, like Brendan Fraser. Next year, if he did the whale like this year, he will lock, he will lose to someone because he doesn't fit right. the, the new requirement. They didn't have the right colored uh, assistant casting director. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just it's, getting ridiculous. It's, you know what? I'm happy this happened now because I haven't given a shit about the Oscars in a long time. Uh, I haven't watched the Oscars since like the mid '90s. Yeah, because yeah. it's always a movie no one's ever fucking heard of. An actor yeah. no one's fucking ever heard of. And then he goes on to do a popular movie and he sucks. Like, mm-hmm. that's the Academy Awards right now. I'd yeah. rather watch the fucking SAG or, you know, that interests me more because it's actors yep. voting on actors. This, yep, that's right. That's right. Maybe you just oh, I did watch, I did watch a, you know, not horror related, but it was a really good movie. A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks. That was good. Okay. I'll have to check it, that out. It had a good pace. It was two hours long, but. To me, the pacing was very good. Good. So, and I stole Rick Pi- uh Rick Paulton, our buddy over here in the chat. He said, uh, "He said, yeah, he thought the same, but he loved it." I guess we're talking about Ant Man, and then Star oh, okay. Wars movie, yeah. And Guardians was great, but uh, I'm stealing him for the haunts this season. Oh yeah, nice. That's good. You yeah. know, because he can he can do your Ohio stuff. You know, and, and you I've can been, live vicariously through him. I've been looking for Ohio for a long time. Yeah, and as I said uh, before, we went on air. I'll see Rick and Ryan and little Ricky the morning of June third, which is a, a week from our recording, because they're going to camp on the second. So I'll catch up with them that morning. And he requested. I didn't ask him. He requested for. A uh, eight by ten of the handsome diner guy. Oh, an eight so, by ten. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll try to get it on eight by ten. I got it. Like I think I gave you one, like on a six by six. Yeah, I got so, a six by six. Yeah, so uh, and which is but, up right behind Freddie's head. If we look right here, there you go. There you go. Um, and then you know I got some more good news, which I can't really go into, but. Uh, October 13th, that evening, I locked in the deal for that event. And as it gets closer, we'll, you know, formally announce it after they announce it. But well, we got to do stuff about that, too. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. That'll, that yep. could be the announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Because the yep. opening of that already looks badass. Yeah. Good job, Chad. <laughs> yeah, I told, so, I told the guy about that. And I'm like, you can use it if you want. I don't care, but I'm making it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had an like I mean we could do a couple of announcement type yeah. things and I had a really cool one of uh using the monologue from part two. Uh I'm gonna give you straight about Jason, like that whole monologue, and just have it over playing over video that I record like down by the river here and the woods and just see me walking and then 
have a really cool ending. So, all right. So, if there's nothing more, I don't think we have anything more. I'm just I'm getting all the haunt documents ready. Um, schedule kind of coming into play. Already got our first one booked. Waiting on the second uh, date, October thirteenth, right? <laughs> no, that's not one yet. September ninth. Uh, okay. okay, nice. Can you say which one that is? Feel the screams. Oh, cool. Very nice. And what day is that on? It's a Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Very it's nice. It's the one you joined us with last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll join you again on that one. Well, but maybe. definitely, definitely, when you book Reaper's Revenge, let me know. Okay. Because that's the one I really want to go to with you. <laughs> you guys better bring your hiking boots. That's a long fucking day. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So we are going to continue our two-part from last week. It was... um. Man, what did I title it? Uh, uh, Heroes and Monsters, the Stephen and Carrie Strainer story. Yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about the monster aspect. Uh, just to recap, last week we talked about Stephen Stainer, who was kidnapped in the mid-70s. And uh, for like seven years, he was quote-unquote held captive um, by Parnell. And... Um, when Parnell kidnapped a new kid uh, who was four or five, Timmy White, Stephen finally said, this is the time I need to get out of here. And he and Timmy, you know, ran away together. He was a hero in everyone's eyes. I mean, this is national news. And unfortunately, like that whole kidnapping was just one big curse on his family. If you think about it, like Timmy White, the Yosemite area, Stephen Stainer was killed in a motorcycle accident like back in 1989. Timmy White would later on become a police officer. And he unfortunately died in his early 30s due to a disease. And I can't even think what it was. Oh, no, he had an embolism. Uh, so Stephen had an older brother by a few years, and his name was Carrie. And we talked a little bit about him last week where... When Stephen came back, Carrie felt like he was pushed to the side. There was a one interview where he's like in the back with the, he's in the back of the family, and you could just see the expression on his face, and he just walks off camera. Uh, so there was more to him than what people knew. And given the father's beliefs on therapy and whatnot, perhaps if he got properly diagnosed or saw someone. He might have not have ended up the the monster in this story. So we're going to get into him. Harry Anthony Stainer, he was born on August 13th, 1961, also known as the Yosemite Park Killer or simply the Yosemite Killer, is an American serial killer and the older brother of kidnapping victim Stephen Stainer. He was convicted of the murders of four women between February and July 1999. The murders occurred in Mariposa County, California, near Yosemite National Park. Stainer was sentenced to death for the four murders and is still on death row at San Quentin State Prison in California. Stephen was kidnapped. Like their main road where they lived on would eventually lead up to Yosemite. Parnell worked at Yosemite. What are the freaking odds that Harry would kill people in Yosemite and also be like a handyman on the outskirts of Yosemite? Like this is a very like uh black triangle you know so um it's just uh weird how all these coincidences so his early life 
Um, he was the third of five children born to Delbert Foy and Kay Strainer in Mercer, California. He had three sisters and a younger brother, Stephen Gregory Strainer. On December 4th, 1972, seven-year-old Stephen was abducted in Mercer, California by child molester Kenneth Parnell. He was held by his abductor 38 miles away in Mariposa County, California, and later in Mendocino County, California, until he was age 14 when he managed to escape with another Parnell's victim, Timothy White. Carrie later said that he felt neglected while his parents grieved over the loss of Stephen. When Stephen escaped and returned home, he received massive media attention, which resulted in the 1989 release of a television miniseries. Based on his experience, I know my first name is Stephen, also known as The Missing Years. Um, so it's a true crime book of the same name, and Stainer once again felt overshadowed by the attention his brother got. Stephen, who had married and had two children, died in a motorcycle accident in 1989. When he was three years old, Carrie was diagnosed with trickle trichotillomania and was put on medication. Basically, what that is, he pulls his hair out. It's a condition uh. where you just pull your hair out. Though the condition continued to affect him during his high school years, the consequential bald spots led to him being severely bullied and having to perpetually wear a baseball cap. Although it is believed that his brother's kidnapping contributed to Carrie's sexual deviancy, Stainer claimed to authorities after his arrest that he began fantasizing about abducting and murdering women since he was seven prior to the abduction of his brother. Additionally, despite his intelligence being noted by his classmates and teachers and his being placed in accelerated classes in school, he continued having fantasies about women being gang raped before he was a teenager. While his sister's friend was staying over at his house, he even exposed himself to her. Due to his cartoon contributions to the school newspaper, Stainer was chosen as the most creative student in the graduating class at the age of 18 at Merced High School. After graduating, Stainer worked as a window installer at a glass company, which is where he allegedly developed a fantasy about ramming a truck into the workplace, killing everyone there and setting the place on fire. In 1991, Stainer tried to gas himself to death with carbon monoxide. In 1995, he was admitted to a mental institution after claiming to have had a nervous breakdown and was released after receiving treatment. He was also arrested in 1997 for possession of marijuana and methamphetamines, although these charges were eventually dropped. So in 1997, Stainer was hired as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Porto, California, just outside the Highway 140 entrance to Yosemite National Park. Stainer found all of his confirmed victims at the Cedar Lodge Motel. Between February and July 1999, he murdered at least two women and two teenagers. Carol's son and her daughter, Judy son, who was 15, and foreign exchange student, Silvina Palozzo, 16, vanished from the Cedar Lodge on February 15, 1999, during a sightseeing trip to Yosemite. And I remember seeing this on the news, too. Yeah, I remember watching like on Good Morning America. A widespread search began after they failed to show up in San Francisco for a flight home to Eureka. Investigators soon found the trio's mutilated bodies and focused on a group of ex-cons and drug abusers. By early spring, they assured the public they probably had the potential killers in custody. On March 18, 1999, a 42-year-old Carol Evans' son and Silvina Peloso were found in the trunk of the charred remains of son's Pontiac rental car. The bodies were burned beyond recognition and were identified using dental records. Son was strangled with rope and shot, but was not raped while Peloso was raped and shot. A week later, a note was sent to the police with a hand-drawn map indicating the location of the third victim, Son's 15-year-old daughter, Juliana. 
The top of the note read, we had fun with this one. Investigators went to the location, depicted on the map, and found the remains of son who had been raped and whose throat had been cut. Detectives began interviewing employees of the Cedar Lodge Motel, where the three victims had been staying just before their deaths on February 15, 1999. One of those employees was Stainer, but he was not considered a suspect at that point because he had no criminal history and remained calm during the police interview. On July 22, 1999, when the decapitated body of Yosemite Institute employee Joey Ruth Armstrong, a 26-year-old naturalist, was found. Eyewitnesses said they saw a blue 1972 International Scout parked outside the cabin where she was staying the day prior on July 21st. Detectives traced this vehicle to Stainer, which led to him becoming a prime suspect in the case. FBI agents John Bowles and Jeff Reink found Stainer staying at the Laguna del Sol Nudist Resort in Wilton, where he was arrested and taken to Sacramento for questioning. During his interrogation, Stainer shocked the agents when he confessed not only to Armstrong's decapitation, but to the murders of Pelozo and the Sons and the sending of the map for finding Julie Sons' body. His vehicle yielded evidence proving his link to Armstrong. Stainer, who had already confessed to the beheading of naturalist Joey Ruth Armstrong, provided details about the killing that only police knew about. Two days, late, two days after the naturalist was found beheaded near her park residence, Stainer was arrested at a nudist colony and confessed to her murder and the three others. Stainer, known by the media as Yosemite serial killer, told San Francisco's KBWB-TV in an off-camera jailhouse interview. And I learned this on the documentary, and I'm like, this is a freaking idiot. How the motel handyman, uh, Joe has interviewed that he had dreamed of killing women for 30 years. He added that none of the women were sexually abused in any way. Prior to this confession, he told the reporter that he will talk only if they make a movie of the week about him. The reporter replied, I will see what I can do knowing that the movie of the weeks were no longer a thing. Though authorities thought they had already had they already had the killers of this of the of the three sightseers behind bars. Stainer's admission became a source of embarrassment for all involved in the investigation. He said that he thought he had gotten away with the triple murder of the Taurus until he struck a chance conversation with Miss Armstrong and was unable to resist killing her. Stainer was carrying a copy of a novel about a crazed seal killer in his backpack when questioned about the slaying of naturalist Jelly Ruth Armstrong. The book Black Lightning by horror novelist John Saul was among a number of seemingly Innocuous items FBI agents found in Stainer's dark green pack on July 23rd, the day after Armstrong's beheaded body was found near her home in a park. Other items include a camera, a Corona beer bottle, sunflower seeds, a harmonica, and tanning lotion. So I don't know what this has to do with him being a serial killer and how they're innocuous. Yeah. <laughs> As something like... other than the harmonica I might take with me if I'm going to go lay out in the nude. Yeah, for real. <laughs> In a tape confession made in the Sacramento FBI office soon after he was detained on July 24th, 1999, Stainer described how he had planned to rape and kill his girlfriend and her 8- and 11-year-old daughters. Well, he planned to rape and kill his girlfriend and her 8- and 11-year-old daughters a year before he settled upon the sons in Sylvina. He chickened out because a male caretaker was on his girlfriend's 10-acre property. Then on February 14th, 1999, Valentine's Day, he stalked four young girls staying at Cedar Lodge, the motel outside Yosemite's south entrance where he worked off and on during doing maintenance. He again backed off because they were accompanied by a man. The next night, Stainer did, 
decided on Carol's son and her two teenage charges after spying them through their window at the lodge. Saner told investigators he entered their motel room where the mother was reading a book and the two teenage girls were watching Jerry Maguire, saying he had to fix the fan in the bathroom. Once inside, he pulled a 22 caliber pistol, told them he was desperate, and ordered Carol's son and her daughter, Julie, and Savina Peloso to lie face down on the beds. After binding their hands with duct tape and gagging them, he took the two girls into the bathroom. He first strangled Stun with a three-foot piece of rope, taking five minutes. I didn't realize how hard it is to strangle a person, Stainer said on the tape confession. It's not very easy. I had very little feeling. It was like performing a task. After stuffing Stun into the trunk of her rented Pontiac Grand Prix, Stainer ripped and cut the clothes off the two girls. He tried to get them to perform sex acts on each other, but he became so irritated by Sylvina sobbing that he led her into the bathroom and strangled her as she knelt in the bathtub. He then sexually assaulted Julie in the family's motel room and in the ne room next door, where he took her to use the bathroom, not wanting her to see Sylvina's body. Finally, he left Julie on the bed, tied up and watching TV while he cleaned up the crime scene and dumped Sylvina in the car trunk with son and arranged the room so it appeared that the woman had checked out and left. It felt like I was in control for the first time in my life, Stanner said on tape. The accused killer's cleaning of the room was so complete, he even wiped his hairs off the bed sheet. An FBI agent asked on tape why he did that, and he replied, I watch the Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. At about 4 a.m., Stainer wrapped Julie naked in a pink motel blanket and drove away in a rental car with her bound in the passenger seat. I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, he said on the tape. I just kept driving and driving. Along the way, he came to like Julie, who told Stainer her name was Sarah. She was a very likable girl, he said, crying on tape. She was very calm. With dawn approaching, Stainer turned off at Lake Don Pedro and carried Julie up a worn dirt path to a small clearing overlooking the water. I told her I wish I could keep her, he said. Then he sexually assaulted her again. Finally, he brushed her hair and fanned it out on the ground beneath her head. I told her I loved her, he said, and cut her throat. She made a hand gesture to him, which he interpreted as her asking him to finish her off, and he looked away while she died over the next 15 to 20 seconds. I didn't want her to suffer the way the other two did, Stanner said. This guy's such a pussy, he can't even look her in the oh. eyes as he's finishing her off. They're all pussies. Yeah. After hiding her body in the thicket, he drove the car with the bodies of Carol's son and Sylvina Pelozo in the trunk as far as he could into the forest. Then he caught a cab back to Yosemite Valley, paying the fare with $150 he stolen from Mrs. Sun's purse. Two days later, he returned to the car with a can of gasoline. After scratching, we have Sarah on the hood with a pocket knife. Stainer lit the car on fire, then drove two hours west and dumped Mrs. Sun's billfold insert on a Modesto Street corner to full police. More than a month later, the remains of Carol's son and Peloso were found in the burned-out rental car, abandoning along a logging road. Julie's son's body was found a week later near the reservoir with the help of a map stainer admitted sending anonymously to the FBI. So a suspected killing, uh, he's alleged to have killed 28-year-old Patricia Marie Patty Hicks Dalstrom. Uh, I think she needs more names. <laughs> uh, she was last contacted family in September 1982 after relocating to Mercer, California from Washington State. She had joined a religious following, the San Anda Apostolicate Church, founded by cult leader Donald Gibson. Hicks was one of the group members who were detained in December 1980. An investigation into the religious organization revealed that sexual assaults had been carried out under various religious pretenses. Gibson. 
<laughs> Gibson was put on trial in 1981 and was found guilty of four sex offenses. Afterwards, Hicks decided to leave the cult and was last seen by her roommate taking public transportation to the Yosemite National Park. A severed arm and hand are recovered from Yosemite National Park on June 8th or June 28th, 1983. By 1988, a skull was also discovered near the original scene. In April 2021, genetic genealogy identified the remains as being those of Hicks. Stainer is known to have been acquainted with Gibson at the time of his 1981 trial, which he attended. Authorities believe Stainer may have chosen to kill Hicks in retaliation for her testimony against Gibson. On December 26, 1990, Stainer's paternal uncle, 42-year-old Jesse Gerald Jerry Stainer, with whom Carrie lived in Mercer, California, was shot to death in his house with his own shotgun. The murder was never solved, and Stainer became a suspect after his arrest. Carrie later claimed that Jesse molested him around the same time that Stephen was kidnapped when he was 11. In October 1994, severed human hands were found in New Melones Reservoir. On December 13, 1994, a headless and handless torso was found in a cluster of trees off Camp 9 Road near Vallecito, California, by a group of boys who were burning yard debris. A forensic pathologist determined that the detached hands belonged to the body. In December 1995, the remains were identified as being belonging to 24-year-old Charlene Mavone Murphy. Her head has never been found. The FBI investigated Murphy's homicide to determine a link between Stainer due to similarities between her death and the murder of Armstrong. Authorities also reviewed the case of 34-year-old Denise Smith, who, whose decomposed body was discovered in a 50-gallon burn barrel off Jacksonville Road near Don Pedro Reservoir in December 1994. 20-year-old Michael Larry Mike, what is with all these people and these six-plus names? <laughs> 20-year-old Michael Larry Mike Madden planned to meet friends at Sandbar Flat Campground in the Stanislaus National Forest near Sonora, California on August 10, 1996 for camping and fishing. That day, he left his family's home at around 5 a.m. He was never seen again. At 2 a.m. on August 12, 1996, Madden's companion showed up to the predetermined spot, but they found no sign of him. Authorities had considered that Madden may have been a victim of Stainer who committed his crimes near Yosemite National Park, 75 miles east of Sonora. Stainer was tried in federal court for Armstrong's murder since it occurred on federal land. To avoid a possible death sentence, he pleaded guilty to premeditated first-degree murder felony, first-degree murder, kidnapping resulting in death, and attempted aggravated sexual abuse resulting in death. During a sentencing hearing, Stainer stunned the court courtroom when he suddenly broke down in tears and apologized. I wish I could take it back, but I can't, he said. I wish I could tell you why I did such a thing, but I don't even know myself. I'm so sorry. I wish there was a reason, but there isn't. It's senseless. Leslie Armstrong, Armstrong's mother, started crying as she listened to Stainer and said afterward that she believed his apology was genuine. Stainer was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Stainer pleaded not guilty by reason of sanity to the other murders in state court. Stainer also admitted that he had intended to murder two Finnish girls in 1998, but fled when the girl's advisor arrived. His lawyers claimed that the Stainer family had a history of sexual abuse and mental illness manifesting itself not only in the murders, but also his obsessive compulsive disorder and his request to be provided with child pornography in return for his confession. Dr. Jose Otoro Silva testified that Stainer had obsessive compulsive disorder, mild autism, and paraphilia. 
He was nevertheless found sane and convicted of three counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances and one count of kidnapping by a jury on August 27, 2002. After being sentenced to death for the brutal killings, Stainer has been housed at the Adjustment Center on death row at San Quentin State Prison in California since 2002. Stainer remains on death row, though there have been no executions in California since a 2006 court ruling over flaws in the administration of capital punishment in the state. California, you damn Democrats. That's I'm okay with California not having the uh, death penalty because of what the L.A. police force was. So... Yeah, but that's LA. This isn't this is Yosemite. But look at Charles Manson. He was sentenced to death, but then they changed the death penalty to life. You know, hey, I'm all for the death penalty. But here's here's my thing: if you are sentenced to death, you don't get uh, appeals. <laughs> like, yeah, but how many have been let go after appeals because they didn't true, fucking do it? So true, I mean, true. there's I know, no win here. There, that's what some, sucks. There's like something like look at Timothy McVeigh. He died like eight out eight years after the Oklahoma bombing. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, 20 odd years. Especially people that fucking admit it. I'm yeah. okay with just sending them right to the chair. Exactly. They did it. There's no other reason to prove otherwise. Take them to the gallows. Yep. Hang their shit up. I can't believe some states still have a sh- uh, death by uh, gun uh, gun squad or whatever, like a firing squad yeah. or whatever they call it. Texas still has that, don't they? Well, it's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> they bring out the residents. <laughs> You're fucking born with a gun. You get your birth certificate and a rifle. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, but um, I mean, I, I believe in capital punishment, and yeah, Me too. there are there's are some cases where, like, you know, unfortunately, like, well, not unfortunately, but guys who were known to be innocent spend 30 years in jail, and then. We get these, you know, um, advancement in DNA technology and stuff like that. And, yeah, they're rightfully should be released and given some type of restitution for that. Yep. You know, um, but when we when there's cases like Wayne, John Wayne Gacy's and Dahmer's and and uh, McVeigh's and, you know, whoever else. Kill them. Yeah. When they find the freaking body under your house, kill them. Uh, not <laughs> one, like 21 so yeah. yeah, then it's time to just all right, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this family was cursed from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I wonder yeah. if they were on the poltergeist set. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, and you know, it's 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 a shame. Like none of the, I mean, I think okay, Carrie Stainer, he had some mental illnesses, mm-hmm. but he was you know from an early age had these issues but he was very you know i think what really led him made him go overboard was all the attention um steven was getting yeah he was jealous he wanted to make a name for himself he wanted a movie of the week (laughs) some people need that in their life man it's weird if you were if they were making a movie a week about you who would cast who would you, you want them to cast as you wow do you have one picked out for you while I think about this or no? Um, Jack Black. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> you know, because uh, I think I told you a story about when I was in Wawa, uh, my beard was a little longer, and she was like, did anyone ever tell you you click Jack Black? Like, oh, okay. I'm going early 80s 
our late eighties, early nineties, Dennis Leary. I think okay. it would fit. Yeah. 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 Same asshole, same miserable fuck, and just <laughs> calls it as or they say it. If you want to go, if they made a movie about me twenty years ago, I would say Sean Astin. But I would want Sean Astin from Fifty First Dates with like the nylon <laughs> crop top, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go Dennis Leary. I like Dennis Leary. That's that's a, that's a or Lewis Black. Lewis Black fits too. Ah, uh, yeah. Just guys yeah. that get enraged over the dumbest shit, like I do at airports. Yeah. That could be a whole other fucking podcast. I'm waiting on the book. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting on a couple books. <laughs> I always started writing when I was away, and I just didn't feel like it. I mean, I think the airport stories would be kind of funny. Oh, memoirs. There's so. Uh, do you have a title picked out? No, nah, not yet. So, there you go. Your All journey. right. And uh, yep. Rick Paulton said he'll do a four by six signed if you have that. Well, you know, Rick, I got to go big or go home, you know? <laughs> Rick's going to end up with like a fucking movie-sized poster. <laughs> 37 <laughs> by 27. 24 by 36. Or whatever this mo- this one's a monster. I think that's like 36 by 42. Oh, nice. Uh, just nice. giant hand. Oh, my God. That'd be fucking hilarious. So are you- is Rick getting a... Uh... Halloween Haunts 365. It's on its there. way. Nice. He has nice. our uh, newly designed one. Uh, like the one I have? I don't remember. Does, does make... yours have the design on the back? Or does like it with just the, say... Um, with like the... Like um, how our hoodies The length? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does, yes. Okay, so you were the first to get that. I was the first. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. I thought you were the first, but... Well, second place. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So, um, not sure what we're doing next week yet. Did I have anything in the chamber? No, we got nothing in the chamber. Yeah. And we're out, you know, I got Elm Streets. Speaking of Rick, I'm going to put him on the spot here. Excuse me. I had uh, Shrimp Alfredo and now it's coming back up. Um, He sees how passionate you get when we bring up Amityville. Yeah. And I said, well, he did do the annual on his other podcast and maybe we should revisit it for one of our, uh, cause you did, was it all in one or was it? I did a two parter, two parter. Yeah. So I still got everything. So we can, I wouldn't, I would, uh, wouldn't be opposed to it, you know? Yeah. It would kind of, we'll think about that. Yeah. Because I don't want to take away from the other thing. Right, right, right. I got you. But it's you. not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Where we could do that husband that's tried to kill his wife like three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, vice versa. The wife. Ah, the wife tried to yeah, kill him. You know what? All right. I'll work on that over the weekend. And then we could do that next week. All right. Sounds uh, like a good And maybe I'll also watch the movie, too, that they made. Oh, there is a movie? Yeah, it's called I Love You to Death, and it had Kevin Klein, and here's a name from a blast from the past, if you know her, Tracy Ullman. Mm. She plays the husband and wife, but it's set in, um, it's loosely based on them, and it's set in um, Seattle, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, and they're still alive. They're living in Allentown. I'm going to go find them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys want to be on my podcast? Yeah, get them on the podcast. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. That's awesome. 
I wonder if there's a Facebook page about it. I don't want to find it out. You see Steel City just brought someone in? Yeah. Um, Peg Bundy. Peg Bundy. Pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of and um, getting the women's stars. Expo, Fan Expo just announced um, Randy Quaid. Oh, did they? Yeah. They, my friend's going. Like my friend Jim, who um, I got him into going to cons. So. He's going to Monster Mania for Kiefer, you know. Um, but Fan Expo has Vincent D'Onofrio, Charlie Cox. They had John Barenthal, but he, he canceled. just canceled. Yeah. They had Christina Ricci. She canceled. So um, he's going to meet Charlie Cox, Vincent. I believe, um, what's his face from... Breaking Bad and Mandalorian, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, okay. Uh, Chaz Palminteri, and now Randy Quaid because he really he really wants to go to Steel City, but it, I mean it's a hike for me. It's four yeah. hours, and he lives in um, Hamilton. That's so. six for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. They um they also Fan Expo has the dude from Stranger Things because that's who my buddy Chandra's going to see. Uh, is it the uh, pizza delivery guy? No, it's the guy that played one. He played oh uh, Vecna. Vecna, yeah. I hear he's really cool to me too. Well, he, he they have him, and then they have I forget who she's saying. It's either him or the curly haired dude. I think it's the curly haired dude. Oh, uh, who plays uh, Dustin? No, the the Dungeons and Dragons leader guy. In season four. Eddie, I think his name was. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, one of them, yeah. too. I forget which one. Okay, nice. Well, I mean, it's either or. I mean, yeah, I, still pretty I cool. personally would want to meet Vecna. <laughs> yeah. And have him do that voice. The Robert England voice? <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, he could be the new Freddy Krueger. Good. Very well, good. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys, this was part two. We hope you guys had fun. Make sure you like, subscribe. Subscribers are jumping up. We got some filming location stuff coming. We got some other videos coming. We got stuff nonstop down the pipeline because we don't take breaks. Yeah, but don't worry. We're not going to uh, have uh, copyrighted uh, instrumental songs down, you know, uh, uh, downtown, whatever yeah. town. <laughs> and we don't need money for cosplays and stuff like that. We don't ask you for money. But if you want to Give us money, buy a shirt. Yeah, come by, yeah. buy a shirt. It's at thehorrorshedpodcast.com. Yeah, and if you buy a shirt, take a picture, we can put it on. We'll throw it up our, on the website. Yeah. We'll throw it up I here. Mean, you don't want me modeling up here, so. No, nah, definitely not me either. <laughs> definitely don't want to do that. But guys, this has been the Horror Shed Podcast. Like, subscribe, click the little thing in the corner, and uh, we will see you next Monday. Goodbye. It's bad.